Hey, everybody. It's Monday, March 27th. This is Heidi St. John, and you have found me at my little corner of the internet. I'm going to encourage you today with a couple of words from the Apostle Peter. I hope that you'll stay tuned. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. All right, so I'm home from Indianapolis. I'm telling you what, part of me thinks I might be a Midwest girl at heart. You know, my grandparents were from Fairbury, Nebraska, and every time I head into the heartland, I'm always so encouraged by what God is doing there. So if you were there and I got a chance to meet you or or hug your neck in Indianapolis, I just want to say thank you because it's an encouragement to me and to my husband and to uh, my wonderful friend, Melissa, who's been working for me for about five years. It's an encouragement for all of us to just meet you you and talk to you and see what God's doing in your life. So thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, for having me out there. I just loved the heck out of it. And uh, we'll be back soon. We're actually going to bring Fearless to your neck of the woods here pretty soon. So uh, stay tuned for that. want to remind you, we've got a big change coming up with the scripture writing. If you are following me with scripture writing and you want to continue receiving it for the month of April and beyond, we need you to subscribe to the blog. So you can go to HeidiStJohn.com and click on the subscribe button or on the big sliders when you first show up where it says, you've got mail, just click on the encourage me button and that will take you to the page where you can subscribe. So we're trying to kind of break things down a little bit for you so you can do kind of a gentle um, e- you know, inbox uh, from me, or you can actually get every podcast and every email I send out. I haven't been blogging a whole lot for this past year because I've been writing a book and I discovered that I can't do both. <laughs> <laughs> I I cannot do both and keep my uh, my children fed and happy and uh, still be the wife and the mother that I need to be. And so I've put my energy, as you can tell, into podcasting because I love to speak and it's just easier for me than trying to write a book and keep a blog up. So you'll notice I don't have as many blog posts out as I normally do, but I think you're going to be really excited because my new book, Becoming MomStrong, hits bookstores everywhere on October the 3rd. And so if you're interested in that, really subscribe to the blog because we're going to be looking for a launch team and we would love to include you on the launch team. So all that information is going to go out uh, as soon as uh, we have it available and we want as many people as a part as we can to be a part of uh, the launch team. Also, if you haven't received my uh, seven-day devotional, it's free. You can get it by texting hashtag MomStrong to this number, 360 842-0088. We are trying something new, and I'm going to send you out a really cool uh, MomStrong devotional and some transforming truths that go along with it. Uh, On Wednesday, last Wednesday, I talked about um, the transforming truth that you don't need to be bullied by your fears. Today, I'm going to remind you, are you ready for this? You are a threat to the devil. True story. You're a threat to the devil. The Bible says in Isaiah 54, verse 17, no weapon that has been made to be used against you will succeed. Wow. I'm going to read it again because some of you guys taking a shower, stop what you're doing for a second. Listen up. No weapon that's been made to used against you will succeed. You will have an answer for everyone who accuses you. You know, I think in the culture today, it's easy, easy, easy for us to feel uh, like um, we're, we we feel the ones who are threatened, right? We often feel threatened and we feel insecure. And the Bible is saying, actually, the opposite is true. You are a threat to the devil. And especially as you are training your children in righteousness, you become a threat to the devil. And guess what that's going to remind you of? I guarantee it. 
there is a spiritual war going on and you are right smack dab in the middle of it. And so are your kids. I had a lot of you guys asking me in Indianapolis about uh, this the line of scripture jewelry that I have had out now for a couple of years. Um, one of the reasons I love jewelry so much is it's, it's a very tangible, very simple reminder of the war that we're in. And I had a sterling silver arrow uh, made. Actually, my friend Dorinda's husband uh, makes these and he's going to continue, even though they're all the way over in North Carolina, they're going to continue doing this uh, with me. And we have a whole line of scripture jewelry out right now, but I want you to check it out. On On one side of it is engraved Psalm 27, verses three through five. That's the verse that talks about how your, your children are arrows that have been given to you. Uh, they're like arrows in the hands of a warrior. That makes you a warrior. You are a warrior for the Lord. And as you train your children, they are actually part of the battle. The Bible says that they're arrows in the hands of a warrior. And so as we dig back into First Peter today, I want to just remind you. So we ended up last year, or last uh, last week on Friday, talking about being holy because, because why? Because God is holy. This week, I'm going to start you off by just reminding you of who God says you are. So let's pick, let's pick it up again. First Peter 1, we were reading uh, 13 through 19. So last week, we got through verse 16. And so I'm going to pick you up with verse 17. It says, and remember that the heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents. Now I I'm gonna I'll finish this passage out. That's just verse 17. We got two more verses to go in this particular passage. But oh my goodness, so many things just jump off of the page. I love the word of God. I love the word of God. It clears up the clutter uh, in my life. It lets me know what's important and what's not important. It reminds me that I'm gonna go to heaven when all this is over. It reminds me that the person that I serve an audience of one. Aren't you glad? I'm so glad because if we felt like we had to make everybody happy or win a popularity contest, I think most of us would crawl under our couches. I would. But but thank heaven, we are not here to impress anybody. The Bible says that we're supposed to live in reverent fear of God during our time here as, wait for it, temporary residents. Temporary residents. We're not here forever. Aren't you glad? I'm glad. Moment of silence for being really glad that we're here temporarily. You see, as Christians, we seek a city to come. And so the Bible is telling us right here that that the Heavenly Father that we pray to doesn't have any favorites. He will judge us or reward us according to what we do. Now, this is interesting to me because we hear, you know, we hear it thrown around all the time. Don't judge lest you be judged, right? We hear people say, we're not supposed to exercise judgment that God, uh, that God's told us not to judge each other. And, you know, I keep hearing, well, we talked about this last week, you know, so many different roads to heaven. And uh, I want to just go, man, you know what? We actually are called to use wise judgment. God's going to judge or reward us according to what we do. We are called as uh, children of the Lord. Right after this, it says to live in reverent fear of him during our time here as temporary residents. Why? Because we recognize that our actions are going to go before the Lord. That someday God is going to uh, review our life. And everything that we have done, the Bible says, is going to be laid bare. It's going to be laid in front of him. And wow, we're supposed to be living. Uh, I don't know about you, but that makes me just go, hmm, you know what? I'm going to answer to the Lord someday. And all of a sudden, all these fears that I had about a fear of man or fear of what people will think of me, it pales in comparison to the thought that God, who loved me enough to send Jesus to save my soul, is actually going to judge or reward me according to what I do. 
The Bible says we're supposed to live in reverent fear. There's a healthy kind of fear. We were talking about this in Manitoba with a, a, a group of people that was sort of standing around as the conference was wrapping up. We were talking about just a healthy fear that, you know, we've gone into sort of uh, ditch mode, I think, what I call ditch mode in the culture, where either we're driven by fear and every action that we make is being driven and motivated and pushed by an unhealthy uh, fear, which is really a fear of suffering. In the most in most cases, it's a fear of suffering, right? We 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 there are Christians in the world right now who are giving their lives for the sake of the gospel, and Christians in the Western world don't want to be unfriended on Facebook for the sake of the gospel. And that's the truth. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. That's the truth. And so we 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 live in this sort of fear of man, which the Bible says is not right. It's not from the Lord. Second Timothy says, God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. The other ditch, so that's one ditch. The other ditch is this living a life as if God isn't reverent and God isn't holy. And we shouldn't be, and we and we shouldn't fear him at all. But he's the the maker of the universe. The Bible says he's going to judge or reward us according to what we do. So the apostle Peter saying, we better live in reverent fear of him during our time here as temporary residence. It's a reminder that A, you serve a God who's holy and just. He's loving, but he's also just. He's full of justice and mercy. He's able to do it better than we are, truly. And so the thing that we can do is to follow his word and say, Lord, help us in every moment. This is why we've got to be on our knees. This is why we have to be in the word. This is why we have to realize that we're in the world, but not of it, because we have the power of the Holy Spirit at our disposal through the sacrifice of Jesus. And so that means that, wow, we have this incredible privilege of being children of God, but Peter's saying it's not cheap. So let's go on to verse uh, verse 18. It says, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. The truth is that salvation that we enjoy as Christians cost Jesus everything. It cost him everything. And so I guess my question to you today is, what are we doing that demonstrates the gratitude that should come from a person whose life was literally bought back with the ransom of the blood of Jesus. How do our lives look different in light of eternity? How do our lives look different in light of the fact that we know that our lives, literally Jesus paid for us with his life? I love verse 19. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. And so it makes me wonder how Christians today can live in the shadows, afraid to come out and, and speak. If, if, if you had been, uh, if your life had been ransom, well, this is a better example. So we've been given an incredible gift recently. My husband and I praying our hearts out along with our family and several other people here in Vancouver, Washington over a place, a facility that we could open up a homeschool resource center where parents, if they want to pull their kids out of the public school system, they can come over to the resource center. We can help them do it. We can teach them how to homeschool. We can give them encouragement. Uh, We can offer them a cool drink of water from the word of God, and we can give some classes. So maybe they want to take an art class or a science class, or maybe they want some encouragement from the word. And we've been praying over this and a gentleman moved by the Holy Spirit actually gave us access to a building. I guarantee you, 
that that man has a friend for life in us. <laughs> I guarantee you that if somebody says, oh my goodness, tell us about your building, we we rant and rave and shout hallelujahs and jump upside down and high five each other every time we think about that gift that was given to us and the man who was generous enough to give it to us because he saw that God was doing something. Now we're talking about the, the God of the universe sacrificing his son. The Bible said the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. And that should make us jump up and down and want to tell everybody we know we got ransomed. I mean, Jay and I got a building and we're telling everybody about it. We're talking about our lives actually being ransomed, saving us from an empty life, the Bible says, that we inherited from our ancestors. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. If that doesn't give you reason to celebrate and reason to, to shout it from the rooftops, you know, my grandmother was really good at this. She she had just, an, she loved the Lord with everything that was in her. And, and she wasn't a perfect woman. None of us are perfect. But I'll tell you what, my grandmother loved the Lord and her love for God was absolutely contagious. It was contagious. Didn't matter if she was in uh, the intensive care unit at the hospital. She was talking to the nurses. If she was at her house uh, in Summer Place in Portland, Oregon, she was witnessing to the neighbors. They'd come over to talk to her, you know, borrow a cup of flour, and she'd be like, "Have you met my Jesus? Let me tell you about my Jesus." She didn't matter where she was. She could be on a bus going into downtown Portland, and by the time we had reached our destination, my grandmother had been had spoken the gospel to three people around her. And I think, man, I want to be like that. Why was she like that? Because she loved the Lord and she was so thrilled that she recognized that she had been paid, her life had been ransomed. And she wasn't afraid. And I, every day I think about that example that she set, because in order to have our children, in order to teach our children what it means to follow Jesus in this day and age, we got to teach them that re- that discipleship is going to require resolve in the face of rejection. And that's the truth. And as I look back at my grandmother, who knew so well that her life, she was just here for a little while. She believed what Peter said, that she was a temporary resident. And guess what? Her residency is in heaven now. She ran the race. So did my grandfather. And their residency is in heaven now. And they are able to see from the other side of eternity, wow, this life we live really does go by fast. And I think to myself, boy, as we reflect on on, on the words of uh, the Apostle Peter, I want to ask myself, have I adopted a cultural Christianity or a cross-centered Christianity, a Christianity that's centered on the, the fact that I was ransomed, on the fact that my life was purchased with a price? Am I sharing that first with my children and making that infectious love that God gave me, giving it to my children? Are, do they love Jesus the way I love him because they see me loving him? I think, Wow. I want my kids to know it's better to be loved in this world, know that we're truly loved by Christ and live a set-apart life, as Peter reminded us, set apart that we're holy because he is holy. Better to be loved by the Lord and live our life like we love him in return than to be liked by people on Facebook. I mean, you're talking to a woman who's, you know, I I've, I take a fair amount of persecution on Facebook, <laughs> right? And I'm, it's kind of teaching me, this world's not my home. I want to experience Jesus' unconditional eternal love more than I want to win a popularity contest or be liked by the world. And we have an opportunity, guess what, to be salt and light, to be exactly who Jesus said we are, to be set apart, to recognize that we are temporary citizens, and to share the love of Jesus with whoever we encounter. It's life-changing. It's life-changing when you realize how loved you are. It's life-changing when you realize how powerful your prayers are, that they literally move heaven into action. It's life-changing in your parenting, and it's life-changing in your marriage. 
And we've been talking for the last several days about becoming mom strong. And I'm here to tell you right now, that's where it starts. It starts by getting into the word of God. It starts by just saying, Father, here I am, broken and spilled out, flaws and everything else. Use me. Use me in my home first. Use me in my church. Use me in my community. Open my eyes to the spiritual war that's happening all around me and put me in the battle. And then trust that God's going to do it. God is going to do it. He is gr- greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So I'm going to leave you today with the verse I started out with, Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that's been made to use against you will succeed. You will have an answer for everyone who accuses you. Why? Because the truth is, the transforming truth is that you are a threat to the devil. You are. You're on your way to becoming mom strong. Get in the word today, you guys. Love your kids, love your spouse, and just wait and see what God's gonna do. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I think it's gonna be amazing. Hey, if you guys have any questions for me or if you've got an idea for a podcast, any feedback at all, we'd love to hear it. As usual, you can email me, podcast, at thebusymom.com. Thanks for listening so much today, you guys. I really appreciate it. I'll see you back here on Wednesday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.